welcome to the Good Grief Podcast, where we make the uncomfortable comfortable. Okay, well, welcome to the Good Grief Podcast, uh, everyone. This is Kristen, and she's going to kind of tell us a little bit about herself. So whenever you're ready, you can start. Okay, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm so excited that <laughs> That you were finally able to get on here. I know, me too. I've never done a podcast before, so this is this is oh, exciting. that's exciting! Awesome, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm Kristen. Um, I'm 33, almost 34, actually. Um, I have three kids. I've got two boys and a girl. Um, Braden's 10. Brody's nine. Berkeley is five. And um, I am married. My husband's name is Donnie. We met in college at Western Oregon University. So we're in the Pacific Northwest. Um, One of my really good friends and my roommate in college introduced us. And um, I have been on YouTube for about eight years now. Yeah. That's very incredible. When I was reading, when you sent me your story, I was like, oh, wow, eight years. That's a long time. <laughs> like, that's I awesome. know it's, it's hard to, or not hard, but it's like weird to think about it being that long now. Cause it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but yeah, you've been in the YouTube world for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, 2013. I, it seems like yesterday, but also it's like, holy shit, that's kind of a long time. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's crazy. Um, what did you go to college for? Well, um, I changed my major quite a few different times because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but I ended up at the end, I ended up, my major was, um, business and, uh, God, what was the, what's it called? Not like your major, but your focus. Yeah. Yeah. My focus (laughs) was like entrepreneurship, which back then I had no idea what I was going to end up doing you know, as an adult. And now it's funny that that's what I ended up doing. I actually didn't, I didn't finish school because surprise got pregnant and had a baby. (laughs) Um, so I didn't end up getting my degree. I mean, I, I think I have like three classes left and I could get it, but maybe one day I will, who knows, but yeah, it was business and entrepreneurship. Oh, cool. Cause that's what I was going to ask. I was going to say like, how come you switched from your major to doing YouTube, but that makes sense. Cause it kind of all goes together. Yeah. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So that was kind of like my fallback. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so also I, aside from doing YouTube and Instagram and all of that for all these years, um, I just recently started an online boutique Uh, something that I've wanted to do for a super long time and just kept telling myself like I couldn't do it because so many other people do it and I finally stopped listening to that little voice in my head and just did it and I've been it's been a month now and it's I'm so happy I finally did that so that's going really well and it's you have the cutest stuff too so you guys need to check out her boutique what what's the name of it again? it's called wild bee boutique all of my kids names start with a b and oh cool uh, I knew I wanted the wild in the the name of it. So that's where that came from. But yeah, that's that's very cute. Thanks. Um, So other than that, I'm also newly sober. So I'm six months, just over six months sober from alcohol. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole story we'll get into. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, 
so I guess what's next? Um, I was I was born in Northern California, a little little coast town, um, Humboldt County, Eureka, California. Um, my parents got divorced when I was two, and um, before they got divorced, we lived in Arizona for a little while. Um, my dad had taken a job down there, and then we ended up moving back to Eureka. Um, so we only lived there for a little bit when I was pretty much a baby. Um, but when I was five, my mom married my stepdad. His name's Keith. So um, he was just an extra, you know, not really a stepdad, but just an extra dad to me my whole entire life. So super lucky that I got some bonus parents. Um, my dad also remarried after they got divorced and um, him and my well, she, now my ex-stepmom had um, a baby, my little sister. She was born when I was six, and she is my best friend in the whole world. Oh, that's and awesome. yeah, my mom and my stepdad had my brother when I was seven. So I've got a brother and a sister. Nice. Um, and then so you did have a, a good relationship with your step-parents? Yeah. Yeah, that's I did. Cool. Um, my stepdad was, like I said, just like, my, my, my dad, obviously, like I have a dad, he's very, very involved in my life and was always the best dad, but I just had an extra best dad also. And then um, my dad, I had a stepmom. They divorced when my sister, I think, was like two or three, um, but she's actually still like in my life. My kids call her grandma and all that, even though she wasn't my stepmom for very long, but she's still oh, okay. super That's really cool. That's yeah. Cool. And then I, I have a stepmom now also. Um, my dad and her have been together for like 20 something years. So yeah. your family dynamic sounds a lot like mine. I just have a lot more brothers and sisters thrown in. <laughs> yeah. My stepmom has <laughs> kids also. So there's all sorts of, all sorts right. of people in our family. See, normally I'm just like, I have nine brothers and sisters and I can't explain it to you because it'll take me three hours. So we're seriously, just <laughs> seriously. when there's extra parents involved, it gets a little confusing. Yeah, my- you like draw a family tree <laughs> yeah we just got a big happy family and that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man um okay so and then your mom Keith was your stepdad and he's married to your mom right yes yes okay and then do you want to kind of tell us how like the whole story with that yeah so okay um so yeah so I, like I was saying I was born in California um, when I was 12, my stepdad, Keith, he took a job in Tennessee. And so my, my parents gave me the choice. You can either, you know, stay in California with your dad or you can move to Tennessee with us. But I was like super involved in, um, racing. We, I drove race cars from the time I was 10 until I was 17. Um, badass. Yeah, my, my grandpa raced, um, his, from when he was a kid all the way until he physically couldn't drive a race car anymore because he got sick. Um, my mom drove race cars, my uncle, my cousins, my brother, me. So I was a third generation race car driver and that was like my life. And so that was like a thing that I did with my mom and my stepdad. Um, so I chose to move with them to Tennessee because I was not going to give up racing. That was my passion. Um, and I lived with my mom and my stepdad primarily. And then like every other weekend I was at my dad's house. So since I lived with them primarily, I, ch- I chose to move to Tennessee. And um, that was amazing. We lived in Franklin and also Nolensville, Tennessee until I was 16. And then my junior year in high school, 
my mom and Keith wanted to move back to the West Coast to be closer to my grandparents. I was telling you, my grandpa got, he had to have a double lung transplant and uh, my mom just, yeah, wanted to be closer, like help my grandma and just like, so then me and my brother could just have that like extra time with my grandma or my grandpa um, before he passed away. But um, so we moved to Oregon my junior year of high school, even though I was pissed at the world and I did not want to go because oh yeah I, I you know I was 16 I had a boyfriend and I was on varsity cheer and softball and student council and I just you know didn't want to leave I was a teen I was actually put in a very similar situation it was my junior year and I lived in Montana and my dad had just graduated college and we had to move to Nevada. So my senior year of high school, I spent at a completely different high school. Yeah, yeah. That's, I started Which, my junior year. Of, well, yeah, I guess it was, they had already started here in Oregon when I started school. But uh, my junior year started at a new high school. Right. And of course, you feel like the whole world's ending. It's just such a big deal. Yes. Yeah, it was. I was I can still feel those feelings. I was pissed. <laughs> yeah, I remember feeling the same way. I was like, you're seriously going to do this to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had actually um, some of my friend's parents like offered, like offered my parents, like she can stay here and finish high school and live with us. And like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, because I really did not want to go. But I'm glad I did because I ended up meeting my husband in college and, you know, have the life we have now. So everything happens for a reason. But at the moment, as a 16 year old, I was not happy. Yes, it was devastating. (laughs) Um, So yeah, fast forward to went to college um, and did cheerleading in college at Western Oregon and met my husband. And then, like I was saying earlier, surprise, we had a baby in 2011. Um, And then we got married in 2011 also when he was five months old. Um, and then, you know, how the rest of the kids came about. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) One after the other. When's his birthday in? He was born in 2011? Yeah, his birthday is March 29th. So he's going to be 11. Or yeah, yeah, March 29th. He'll be 11 in a couple weeks. Yeah, because my son, he was born actually on 1-11-11 is his birthday. Oh, really? And so he just turned 11. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah. What a cool birthday. I know. At first, like when he was born, the nurse told me, and I was like, "Really? Like I thought she was joking." <laughs> like, oh well, I guess it's good timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay. So now what? Um. I oh, I started my YouTube channel two thousand thirteen because I wanted to document like getting pregnant and like having our third baby because it was super popular around that time to like do family vlogs and like pregnancy updates and stuff like that and I thought I watched all sorts of videos like that so I was like oh I could do that yeah I started up my YouTube channel and um yeah started doing that um December 2018 we decided we were going to sell our house and um buy a travel trailer and travel the country (laughs) When I read that, I was like, that is so cool. Like, I did not know that about you. <laughs> we literally, we sold our house. We sold everything we owned. I mean, all that we had, was, we, we rented like a 10 by 10 or 10 by 12 or something storage unit. So everything we owned fit in there while we were traveling. Um, but we ended up living in our travel trailer for six months. And two and a half of those months, we traveled the U.S. for the whole summer. So we did... 13,000 miles, um, 31 states in two and a half months. 
That's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And then we came back and then found another house to buy. Kids went back to school, kind of went back to like normal, quote, normal living. But that was the coolest thing ever, traveling yeah. and living tiny for. What an experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and the kids, they had to have just absolutely loved it. It was like a oh yeah trip (laughs) yeah and they I mean we went to so many different national parks and I mean all the way to DC and they we learned a lot on that trip kids yeah even though they were little they were especially our oldest he was very he's very into like history and like um you know so we went to like Mount Vernon to George Washington's mansion and all that stuff he was very into all that so cool and that's something that he'll just remember forever and ever oh, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> they still talk about it all the time Ber- Berkeley was only two she actually turned three what no did she turn yeah oh I don't know I can't keep track of it <laughs> oh I think it was her thir- she turned three when we were in New York City I'm pretty sure that was her birthday her third birthday so she doesn't really remember cool it third cool. birthday <laughs> yeah um, so then after that, I guess the big, the next big life event, um, November of 2020, my, so you guys, you've heard me talk about my stepdad now, so you know, kind of who he is, very important person in my life. Um, my, my mom and stepdad took a trip to Vegas to celebrate the end of harvest season at the winery he worked at. He worked at, uh, Willamette Valley Vineyards here in Oregon, and he, did a lot in the like the back end stuff like the the bottling and running the sh- you know running the show making sure everything yeah. is right and um all of that so during harvest it's like go time like it's like the busiest time of the season and he is was gone a lot and so he just wanted to treat my mom to a nice little getaway and um that you know this was kind of this November 2020 so like holidays were questionable not you know a lot of people weren't getting together for the holidays and stuff like that and so he had told me like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna take your or no he didn't tell me about the trip he told me he's like we're not gonna come for Thanksgiving because I'm just like worried about you know everything that's going on I don't think we should be getting together but he told me that because he didn't want my mom to know that he was surprising her and taking her on this trip over Thanksgiving and so he didn't want me to tell her or like know that there was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he told me a little white lie that they couldn't come to Thanksgiving. So anyways, they went to Vegas um, and they were gone for Thanksgiving. They went with some of their friends and I got pictures the whole time. They had, you know, a great trip, but um, they flew home on November 30th. And so they flew into Portland, got in the car and they were driving home. And they were about 10 minutes from home. And um, I wish I could tell like the whole story, but the, the, the court case is still open. So I, there's like a lot that I can't say because. Okay. Which is fine. Trial is happening very soon, but short story, some other person um, that was also, that was driving um, crossed the center line and hit my mom and my stepdad head on Um I guess I can say that they were speeding, but there's a whole lot of other stuff that I can't say, but you could yeah. use your imagination, I guess. Okay. Um, so they hit them head on and their friends that they were traveling with were just like a few minutes behind them because they had stopped to get a coffee. So they were, you know, a couple minutes behind them on the road 
and when they came up on the accident it was, a, it was very very bad they uh took a picture as they were driving by and sent it to me and just said your mom and Keith are in a really bad accident and she's not answering her phone and I was actually I was right in the middle of filming a YouTube video so I heard my phone go off and I like waited a few minutes to go check it you know like I was like in the zone filming yeah so I went and checked it and that's what I saw and I'm instantly panicked obviously you see this picture of your parents car like completely completely crumbled um so I I tried to call my mom's phone praying she would answer like well maybe she just didn't answer because it was her friend calling her but like if I call yeah no yeah she sees her daughter's number maybe she'll answer yeah yeah that's what I was thinking so I called and it rang and rang and rang and rang and rang and then finally somebody picked up but it wasn't my mom it was um emt or paramedic and um she's like is this tanya's daughter and i'm like yes what's going on and she said your mom is in a really bad shape and she's gonna need you and i need you to meet us at you know she told me what hospital to meet at like right away and i'm like okay yeah like i'll i'll get in the car i'll be like as soon as my husband gets home i'll be on my way like 10 minutes and then I'm like, what about my dad? And um, my stepdad, but I just, you know. Yeah. She, she doesn't know. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what about my dad? And she just said that he didn't make it. And so, I mean, literally, I, okay. it's hard to explain. But, like, in that moment, like, everything just, like, went black. And I, like, couldn't – I felt like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't um, – speak like I don't it just I don't like pass out but I just, just it, it almost off. just kind of takes the life out of you for a second I feel like when you're given news like that yeah just completely blindsided unexpected like yeah what um so I I pretty much I just like fell on the floor my kids are all here I'm home alone with my kids I'm it's all a blur that now, but I was like just screaming and, you know, trying to pull it together because the kids are like, what's wrong? What's wrong? They thought I was laughing because that's how like hysterical oh, I was. I'm so sorry. <sighs> um, and so I'm trying to explain to them the best I can, you know, like what's what? going on. I'm not going to, I don't want to like lie to them and I need to be honest with them. Um, but I don't really have any information at this point. I just know there was a car accident and he's gone. Yeah. So, they, <laughs> no details yet. Yeah. No. And I don't even know like what's going on. Is my mom going to live? Like, I don't even know. Um, cause she just said your mom's in really bad shape and needs you. So I tell the kids like, you know, my, my grandpa, he, he passed away 2000. 14 or 15 um and they were really little but they know big papa is in heaven that's yeah. just you know we they talk about him all the time my oldest remembers him barely but so I basically just told them like papa Keith was in a car accident and he had to go be with big papa in heaven and so they're crying and I'm it was I mean it's so hard to explain because it's weird to even think about now because it was such like an outer body thing. Like I felt like I was like watching myself. Yeah. And not like actually in it. But um, I went in my bathroom and then into my closet and shut the door and I called my husband 
you know, cause it's like, there's one way to explain it to my kids right then and there in that moment. And then there's like, I need to call my husband and tell him. Yeah, exactly. So I called him and I'm like, I need you to come home. I mean, I obviously was not calm. Like I'm talking to you now, but yeah. um, he's like, what's going on? Cause he, you know, and I just told him and um, I swear he was home within three minutes and I don't even know how, because he was working. not in town but he was here so fast and I just hugged him and ran out the door got in my car to the hospital met my mom there she um I I walked into the emergency room where she's in like behind the curtain and she just looked at me and she's like I don't know how I'm gonna do this how am I gonna do this how am I gonna live without him and she's like in shock and in extreme pain and just like so many things all at once like she just had to say goodbye to her husband on the side of the road she thinks it's her fault that she couldn't wake him up like just you know so many things and she has uh internal bleeding broken ribs a broken face um goodness your poor mom (laughs) yeah it was a lot I mean I just can't imagine like I know how I felt you know losing my stepdad and then like taking care of my mom but I just can't imagine like all that in that she had to see and do in that moment yeah yeah like what she had to see and go through like she wasn't just as much in that car accident as he was you know like the and it was that bad oh yeah um so she ended up having surgery um on her intestines they had to take out a portion um because there was a tear and then uh she they like left her open overnight basically to make sure that like nothing else was going to present itself so that way they didn't have to like cut her open again they just like left her open and so they she was on a ventilator um and when you're on a ventilator, they put you on like a medication to like make you sleep basically. But that medicine was making her blood pressure. Like, I don't remember if it was like making it skyrocket or like super low, but either way they had to stop the medication. So she was like fully awake. Oh goodness. And like woke up, like, you know, going into it, she's like, I'm going into surgery and then I'm going to wake up and like, things are going to be better. She woke up with a tube down her throat and had no idea what was going on. Ugh. So she ended up being in the hospital for a week um, and I was there. I mean, I went home every single night because the nurses, it was 2020 and the nurses were like, you don't need to stay here. Like you can come during the, during visiting hours, but you need to go home and sleep. So um, then she came and stayed with us for a couple of days after she finally got out, but she is healthy and doing well. It's, been you know over a year now since the accident but um that was a big big thing you know yeah and and she only had to stay for a week in the hospital is that what you said yeah yeah she they thought that she was gonna have to do like inpatient um like physical therapy and like rehab because of her injuries and they were all just like blown away at how quickly and you know she was got out of there but she was that's amazing yeah, that's when you were saying she had to get the surgery and was left open and all that I was expecting you to say she was in there for longer than a week yeah well I mean <laughs> yeah, that's like, what we were expecting too and it was just like crazy 
Wow. Yeah. Your mom's, she's, she's a strong ass woman. Yeah. And she actually had just had, um, gastric surgery or bariatric surgery, um, a few months before the accident. And they said that if she hadn't had that surgery and she hadn't like lost that weight leading up to it, um, up to the accident, that the outcome probably would have been completely different because she was so unhealthy before she had that surgery. Oh my goodness. That gave me goosebumps. Like that's like that is insane. That's wow. Your mom's meant to be here with you still for real. I, yeah, I think so (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) that's crazy how, wow. It was crazy. So I guess that, that situation kind of leads me to in the beginning when I was saying I'm six months sober, um, when my stepdad died, I had been sober for three months, um, in August of 2020, I just felt like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people probably felt like this during the beginning of the pandemic. It was like, we're all staying home. Like, alcohol sales went through the roof like everybody was just staying home and (laughs) drinking well in the beginning of my 2020 was when cam passed and we were home during that whole thing so I definitely was I know yes (laughs) we bought quite a bit (laughs) yeah yeah I'm absolutely so I uh, the summer of 2020 I was like what I am doing this I'm doing too much here I'm drinking every day, like every evening or, you know, summertime, we're just sitting at home, sitting outside drinking White Claws or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I just was like, I've, I've been doing too much. I need to cut back. I'm just going to take a break from drinking for a while, um, detox and <laughs> just take a break. And so it was just about three months and I had not drank at all. And then my stepdad died. So um, <clears throat> that first night that I came home from the hospital, like the day of the accident, I got home from the hospital and my father-in-law was here. My mother-in-law was here. They they both live like hours away from us. And when that happened, they immediately came to our house to be with my husband and my kids because I wasn't here, you know? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I got home and my mother-in-law was like, what can I do for you? Like, what do you need? You know? Um, and I said, I was just completely emotionally, mentally, physically (laughs) exhausted. I'm like, I need wine. I need wine. Like it's been three months, but I just, I don't give a shit at this point. I need wine. So she went and got me two bottles of my favorite wine. And that night I drank a whole one of them. Um, and then that was kind of the downhill spiral was that, that event. And that day I was, I just started drinking every single night and it was a lot, like a lot, like a bottle of wine every night basically I would come home from the hospital and drink and then get up at 6 a.m and go back to the hospital with mom so I was just using using alcohol to mask and numb the the pain of that whole situation and not not wanting you know. to deal with that grief that comes along with all of that yeah yeah which and in turn actually ends up making it worse because then you sober up and then you have the guilt of drinking a whole bottle of anxiety and everything that comes with it yep yeah so that cycle went on for 
nine or 10 months after the accident, pretty, pretty, I mean, I would maybe go like a day or two without drinking, but it was every, and it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, you, people think alcoholic, um, or like drinking problem. They think like brown bag, bottle, greasy, homeless person. Yeah. And, um, that's just not the case. There's so many people like ever since I started sharing about my sobriety, there's so many people you know, that look like you and me or any, your next door neighbor. Like you just never know because you would never imagine that they go through that or have that addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not like I was drinking vodka all day long. Like I would put my kids to bed and then I would open a bottle of wine and that's, or, you know, five white claws or whatever. I always say that like addiction or like drinking, things like that, it, it, that doesn't have like a preference. <laughs> no, it can literally be anybody. No, literally anybody. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much like nine or ten months. It was just it just became a habit. Like that's just what I did to unwind, and that's what, how what I had it in my brain as is like, oh, this has been it's been a hard day, so I need a drink, or I'm stressed out, so I need a drink, and you know that's just what I did. So. I, I, I don't know. After, I knew that I had an issue with it because I had tried to get sober before. And um, so Labor Day weekend, 2021, so just this past summer, we went on a camping trip with my mom over to um, Central Oregon because the previous Labor Day weekend, we had gone to that same exact spot and gone camping with my mom and my stepdad. So it was like, you know, the year anniversary since our last camping trip and mom really wanted to go to the same spot. So we did that. Okay. And, um, there was a lot of like wildfires in Northern California at the time. And so all the smoke was kind of traveling up here. And in that area, it was so smoky that it was just unenjoyable and not safe and healthy to be camping. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, we decided to pack up a day early and come home. And so while we were packing up camp, I, had actually I had just worked with a brand um uh I don't even know if I can say it or if they like want to be tied to me telling a story like this but <laughs> but like these cups these insulated cups are real fancy and cute I had a really big one and I had a, I had just filmed for this brand and so I had this big cute cup and I made a mixed drink in it while we were packing up camp I'm like well we're leaving early like I'm gonna make it fun so yeah. <laughs> has had that drink and then we were all packed up and getting ready to tow the trailer home and I'm like I'm gonna make one for the road I'm not driving I'm just gonna make one for the two-hour drive home so I made another one and then we got home and we started unpacking the trailer at the house and cleaning it out and everything that's a whole project after after you oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm cleaning it out and opened up the cooler and cracked open a beer while we're cleaning and then Donnie leaves to go take the trailer back to our storage where we where we keep our trailer um and I had another and while I was drinking that one I was like what the hell am I doing like this is not me like this is not what is the purpose what was the reason you know like yeah (laughs) why am I doing this to myself what is the point and it just I don't know it just hit me like I hadn't really thought about it before that and Maybe every once in a while, like, oh, I I should cut back and not drink so much. But it was like in that moment, I was just like, what the hell am I doing? So I had one more beer 
that sounds like a lot. Like that's a lot of drinking in one day, but <laughs> that's where I was at. So yeah. And on that day, like no particular reason, just for shits and giggles, I guess. Like I just that's just what I was doing. Yeah, it, it's almost like I've I've been in that position and where you're like, oh, well, I'm cleaning, might as well make it better. So let's mm-hmm. do this or like just everyday tasks. You almost feel like you have to open a drink just to make it not so everyday. Like if that makes yeah. sense, like a, yeah. <laughs> a mundane it, task, you're like, well, why not? And then yeah. it almost becomes like, oh shit, I should probably not do this. Exactly. And it, I hadn't been doing it like that before that um like I said it was just like a put the kids to bed and have some drinks but that particular day I was just like what the hell am I doing and so when I had that last beer I was like I've been sober before there's no reason I cannot do it forever like I clearly have a problem this is not normal and if I keep doing this I'm gonna it's gonna kill me one day so the next day I started reading again because when I was sober the first time I did a lot of reading, um, a couple books that just really stuck with me. And so I picked up, picked up the one, the one it's called alcohol is shit. And I started reading that one again and it just, it, it hit so different that second time around reading it. Um, and yeah, that was six months ago and I haven't had a drink since. And I, I don't ever want to again it's just like a totally different mindset this time versus the first time I was like oh I just need to I need to cut back a little bit like we just need to take take a little break but one day I'll be able to like ease into it again that was kind of my mindset the first Mm -hmm. time this time it's like no I can't do that I can't just have one I can't casually drink like there's you know there's normal drinkers people that can just have a beer and be good and I just I can't do that yeah, that's me. I'm that person also. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and it's like when I would, I used to drink, I think I've almost not been completely, completely sober. Like once in a while on like holiday, I'll have like a glass of wine. Yeah. But I can't have more than that because then I do get out of control. Yeah. But there was like a night where we went out and it was just supposed to be kind of like a I don't know. It wasn't like a party, but it was like a get together, right? Like family and stuff. And it got out of control and all this stuff happened. So me and my husband decided like enough's enough. Like we have to get sober. And now when I look back at that, it was always just me like, oh, I'm bored. So I'm going to drink. Like it literally was just like a boredom thing for me. But I also grew up my mom. She's actually going into rehab this morning she went to rehab at nine o'clock this morning really yes she um I have alcoholism goes just back in my family both sides very far um my grandma she actually passed away from being an alcoholic and now my mom because how you said if you keep doing this like it's going to kill you I don't think people realize how true that really is yeah because like I watched it happen to my grandma and I'm slowly was slowly watching it happen to my mom and she quit cold turkey the other day and she's been drinking for so long that it actually sent her into a seizure and she had like put herself in the ICU and but she finally decided to go to rehab so oh my gosh well I mean that's huge deciding yeah. to do that. and it's just well and that's where I was getting with that sorry is that like 
people like you, it amazes me. And it's the amount of discipline you have to just quit by yourself, like amazes me. So that's really cool. (laughs) Thank you. I know. It's just, I, I think about that because people say that to me and I just, I don't know how or why, like I'm, like I was saying that day, I was just drinking and drinking and then it just, something just came over me and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And I can't explain it, but (laughs) it happened. And then once I really started reading and like digging deep into what alcohol actually is and like what it does to you, I'm like, holy shit, why do we do this to ourselves? It's just straight up poison. It's crazy. Yeah. And it, it seriously, like it eats at your brain too. My grandma, um, she developed dementia, they said, and it was because of that, because I honestly don't know the scientific name, <laughs> but there's a part in your brain yeah. where if you drink and drink and drink, it literally like deteriorates that part of your brain. Yeah. It's, which it, is like, it deteriorates so many different parts of your body when you're drinking oh, terrifying. <laughs> every day. And yeah the like instant effects that I felt basically from not drinking um it's just wild like the first week of not after drinking every day for 10 months straight basically and then you don't drink for a week or even a few days like my skin my energy my sleep my thoughts like everything was just so drastically different that I was like wow this is like that's how I felt when I was drinking. And this is how I feel when I'm not like you, I don't ever want to go back to that. Right. Did you notice at first, like, did you crave it at all? Or did you have a hard time? Or were you just like done? Yeah. I mean, kind of both. Like I was just done because I just like, I don't know, maybe it's just the type of my, my personality, but like when I want something, or I want to do something or accomplish something like I'm going to do it. And so I'm like, I'm not drinking anymore. So I'm like, I can't go back on that now. Cause I said that I'm not going to, but at the same time, yeah, like it, it was like such a habit every night that I had to fully like make this whole like new routine after I put the kids to bed of things that I did. Yeah. Like, you have to change the way you do things because you automatically are like, Oh, kids are in bed. Let's go grab a beer. And now yeah, you're like, oh, what exactly. am I supposed to do with myself? <laughs> yeah. So I had to like reprogram everything. And I still, I mean, it's been over six months and I still like have cravings for like, we went out to Buffalo wild wings a couple weekends ago to eat lunch. And my husband was looking at the beer menu. He's like, which one of these would I like, you know? And I don't, ex- I do not expect anyone to like cater to me because I'm sober and like not drink in front of me or anything like that. Like it's not anybody else's issue. It's mine. See, and so, I was going to ask you if you have a hard time, like if your husband will get a beer or if somebody else around you, if that, if that affects you at all. No, I mean, not, it does. Yeah. But it's like an internal thing because like I'm reading this beer menu, like showing him like, Oh, you'd probably like this one. Like, obviously, I'm the the beer expert, so he's asking me. (laughs) (laughs) And but like, my mouth is like watering reading this list of like IPAs, and I'm like, okay, I can't read that anymore. But I don't like that happens. Like, I'm like, oh, I would love to just like have a beer, but at the same, at the exact same time, I'm also like, but I don't want that at all. Yeah, because I know what that leads to, like. I just that's not my path anymore but I still like see it and like want it but it's I guess it is just like a self-control like training your mind and stuff like I don't want that 
even yeah. though you do yes I know exactly <laughs> like and with me it was more like I would drink because I was a bartender I lived in Nevada like I, yeah. I don't know you <laughs> yeah. you know a lot of Nevada people but it's just a regular thing to drink a lot in Nevada none of the bars ever close like it's yeah. just that's how I grew up and so it was just a normal thing for me and so when I quit drinking like <laughs> it would almost just be like brushing my teeth I'm like oh I'm gonna no I'm not no I'm not I gotta find something else to do yes exactly <laughs> I started doing a whole skincare routine every yep. night because I used to like never wash my makeup off because I would get drunk so I would just go to bed but oh, girl I was the same way <laughs> yeah now I've got this whole skincare routine because I had to put like a new new habits in place to replace drinking so I would like make tea and then do my whole skincare and then get in bed and read about how horrible alcohol is and like I just I had to do this whole new thing and train my brain and my body to not not want that anymore yeah mindset is truly everything and like I talk about my grief journey a lot and that's truly even just with grief is what I've had to do is like put in place small habits and routines because it, your, your brain, I feel like when you've been through things like that, or you are on like a sobriety journey, like you need almost just like a schedule, like you need yeah. structure in your life. Yeah, you do. And then if you don't stick to it, it's like almost like not chaos, but it's like, you can't, you can't, I don't know. You you like want to fall back into what you used to do if you're not sticking to like these new habits. And that's so hard to do and to maintain. But if you don't, then it's not going to be good. Like you're going to slip back into what you used to do, which is not what you want to do. Right. And I feel like one of the things I've really learned is it's because what we were doing was easy and it was, it was comfortable for us. Oh yeah, for sure. And so you grow so used to coping that way and just dealing with it and you know that that's going to take it away you're like I'm going to have that beer and that anxiety and how I feel at this moment is just going to be gone yeah and then what you don't think about is it's gone for a little while and then you wake up at 3 a.m with your heart racing and it's instantly back times 10 yeah and then you have (laughs) what is it Natalie calls it anxiety anxiety (laughs) oh yeah it's real it's a real thing (laughs) yes but I don't know. I think it's amazing that you have done this on your own and it's been six months. And from what I've seen, you have really influenced quite a few girls that I personally talk to, to get on their own sobriety journey. And it's really inspiring. Thank you. And I honestly, like anybody, like my followers or, you know, like Natalie or um, I know there's a few girls that I've talked to that are like, you inspired me to do this. And I've been sober for, you know, however long it is. And it's just like, I don't know the weird isn't the word. I guess it's just like humbling. Like, how am I helping people by just sharing? And I was so scared to share that I was sober and like why I was sober and all of that. And then it's like, but I help, I helped people. Like, <laughs> that's I think we like try to convince ourselves that nobody else is doing this or like we're the only person you know and then you come out about it you're like oh my goodness like normal everyday people go through these things (laughs) right and like you don't even realize how common 
It is. Yeah, it's very common. Until you start talking about it and then people are like, oh, yeah, me too. Like I related with your story so much that I decided to get sober. And I'm like, oh, are you serious? That's amazing. (laughs) Right. And I think it's even like in you because you're an influencer and you have uh, YouTube and being a mom, like all of those things I think scare people to come out and be like, I have to get sober because you feel as if people are going to judge you. But it just helps other moms and other people realize like, oh shit, I can do this. Like, and I was, I was, I was, I was so hesitant and so nervous to talk about it because, you know, when you are in the influencer world, people that people love to hate you um, for any little thing. And obviously that's like a big thing um, for anyone to grab onto and, you know, turn it into whatever version (laughs) they want to make it out to be. Um, But what outweighs that is the fact that I've, you know, quote, influenced um, other people to take care of themselves and to get sober too. And um, obviously these people that say that I've helped them felt like they had a problem also. So the fact that they like recognize that from my story and then took action, I'm just like, that is seriously so amazing. It is. It's, it's badass. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Um, so if somebody came to you and needed advice to say, like, to get sober, like, what is something you would tell them? Um, I mean, it's different for every single person because everybody's brain is wired differently and everybody, like handles things differently but what worked for me and what I have told a lot of people like when they ask me that question because people do ask me that question is to get the first step is just if you think you have a drinking problem then you do like if you have that thought if you're googling like do I have a drinking problem you do (laughs) yes (laughs) so so um the first thing is to get that book that I was talking about um, I mean, I just bought it off Amazon. It's called Alcohol is Shit. And that book, it that book changed my whole entire mindset on everything. And then also um, this, it, the other one is called This Naked Mind. They also have a podcast, I think. Um, but I just read those and highlighted everything I could and just really dug deep into what alcohol does to your body, even if you have one drink a day or four drinks a week or whatever, just like really understanding that, um, I think is the first step. And it's important, even if you're still drinking while you're reading these books, um, and like just getting that information and knowledge about what alcohol really is and how it like affects your body. Yeah. See, that's kind of what blows my mind. Because we're just like casually, yeah, and also like the media too. Like every single movie you watch, every show you watch, every ad, every billboard, every you know, you know, for for the most part, like alcohol is just so glamorized. Um, oh yeah, even that's what I was gonna say. Like the Super Bowl that just passed, like every other ad is just alcohol, 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 <laughs> and every every single show. I mean, once you oh, yeah. really once you really start thinking about it, everything you watch, you're gonna notice, like it's like um alcohol is a crutch for every single emotion if you had an amazing day and you got a promotion at work we're gonna pop a bottle if you had a hard day and your kids stressed you out we're gonna we're gonna pop a bottle like 
every single emotion is celebrated with alcohol. Yep. And so that's just programmed into us that that's what you do. Yeah, that's what's it's it's acceptable. Yeah, that's it's just totally normal. But then when you when you start to understand that you're poisoning yourself, even with just, you know, a couple drinks a week or whatever, um, it really, really is eye opening. So I that's what I recommend to people when they're like, how do I how do I get started on this? I'm like, research what alcohol does to you. Read these books are what helped me. Um and, you know, Natalie also, I know she was, she's really open about her sobriety journey that she read that book too. And she said that it, that's what really, really opened her eyes and changed everything for her also. And it's, it's just a really good read because the way it's written and it's very like relatable, the guy that wrote it, his story, and I've read it like three times, four times now. So I think I really need to read this book. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I'm going to order it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do have one more question for you. So once you did quit drinking and like, as you've been coping with the grief from losing your stepdad, how do you, how do you now cope with your grief and like that type of stuff now that you're not drinking? Um, well, pretty much just like talking about it with my family, like my kids and my husband for the most part. And my friends like knew my stepdad, not really like, um, I don't know. We pretty much just talk about him like every day, like, Oh, Papa Keith would love that. Or, you know, just keeping him. You guys like like, celebrate his, like his memory, basically like what you guys did with him and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, just every, every day he's part of our conversation and he will like always be part of our life, even though he's not here anymore. There's so many things that we do and, um, you know, I don't know. It's just, he was such an important person in my life for basically my entire life and my kids' lives who get very involved Papa. And so that, that has been the best way for me to deal with it um I still have my moments obviously you know in my head and all of that like so many questions that are just forever going to be unanswered and then also like this the trial that we have coming up um oh yeah because you guys are still dealing with all of that too yeah because there's just there's a lot to it that I like it it really sucks that I can't like open up about it and talk about it because it would be helpful if I could but just like talking with my mom about it and then just also seeing my mom and like how resilient she is and how like incredible she's been through this whole process of losing her husband and having this traumatic, you know, surgery from the accident, being an accident, like just seeing her as go through all of that and like the way that she's handled it has been super inspiring to me. Um so that helps too. And just instead of drinking, really just talking, <laughs> talking about talking, it. Yes. <laughs> talking it about it. It seems to me like you guys just, you still share him, you know what I mean? And you keep yeah. him alive by doing that. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing that you do that with your children too. Cause you see a lot of the time when people lose family members, it's like a hush hush. It hurts too much. We don't want to talk about it anymore. Yes. And yes. so seeing that it just makes my heart happy because 
keeping him alive in those memories and your children and things like that, like they'll remember that. And that's, that's very special. Yes. And my mom loves that. Like every time, you know, she's around, the kids are like, you know, talking about Papa Keith and she loves that. She loves talking about memories and looking at pictures and pulling up videos, old videos on Facebook of him and the kids. And it's not like a, okay, that's enough. That's like, okay, I'm yeah. sad about it now. Like it's, we can talk about him as much as you want to, you know? Yeah. And, and everybody does grieve differently. And, and that's, and that's like how we are in our house. We, we talk about Cam all the time as if yeah. only he's here. And so I feel like that just really helps. It just helps you heal your soul. Yeah, it, <laughs> it does, really does. Because I would, I would rather what you said, everybody grieves differently, but for me, and I can, I can tell with my kids too, um, just talking about him and, you know, for the day that he died, I, when I left my house, there was this huge rainbow, like over our neighborhood. And mm-hmm. we see these rainbow, my mom all the time, she'll send me pictures of rainbows and she's like, hi, Keith, you know, like that's just like our yeah. thing now. Yeah. And so my daughter is, she wanted a rainbow painted on her bedroom wall. So of course I painted a rainbow on her bedroom wall. Like, any like she's constantly drawing rainbows so and you know talking about we see rainbows everywhere and she's like oh that's that's Papa Keith saying hi or whatever and so it's just like a constant anything and everything that reminds us of him we're going to talk about it and I think that is super therapeutic for my whole family oh yeah and that's awesome too because and then that teaches your children too if if they go through something like that when they're older they're going to be able to express that in a way that they know is going to help them. Yeah. And so that's awesome. I agree. All right. Well, was there anything else you wanted to share or touch on? I don't, I don't think so. We, talk, we covered a lot. We did. Thank <laughs> you so much. Like This was yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I am actually,